0: the arkino 3 seconds at mid court oh, gives it to jinkins
1: for the championship <laughs> yes! no, 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 no. the national champions for jink
0: Welcome back to another episode of Crunch Time. I'm Mikey and I'm joined by Sam. Uh, I know it's been a little while, but we're back. Today we are joined by a very special guest. Please welcome Villanova men's basketball national champion and the man who hit the legendary shot at the buzzer to win the title for Nova in the 2016 championship game, Chris Jenkins. Thank you so much for joining us on the pod today. Chris, how have you been?
2: Man, thank you for having me, man. I've been safe. Hopefully y'all been doing the same. Hopefully everybody's family doing good, but I appreciate y'all for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for coming on. All right. So first question is, how is it growing up in Washington, D.C., as it is like a hub for basketball and culture?
2: Man, it's, it was great because, you know, basketball was so competitive. So you constantly had to work on your game to make sure that you that you got better each and every year, because, like I said, the area was so competitive. Uh, every game meant something going up in, uh, against every person. It meant something because you knew everyone. So it was just just very, very competitive. That's what I remember the most, just how competitive it was. Yeah, no, that's really awesome. I'm
1: sure you were playing against a lot of other D1 guys and guys you might have played against in college. you play against anyone in college that was also from the D.C. area?
2: Man, a bunch of people, man. The area was so loaded with talent. Like I remember my freshman year of high school at Gonzaga, we played a DeMatha team that had – uh, Quinn Cook, Jeremy Grant, Jaron Grant, Vic Depot, James Robinson.
0: Whoa,
2: uh, Jarius Lowes, BJ Anya. That's just the name a few. Mikael Hopkins. That was that was just my freshman year. That was a, one year against the Dematha team. That's just how crazy competitive it was. So it was just it was just crazy, man.
1: Dolodipo, <laughs> like you knew he was special back then, or like was he kind of a late
2: bloomer? He <laughs> was a late bloomer. It's so crazy because when he went to Indiana, you know, he was kind of like an athlete, a guy that played hard, that was athletic, and then he developed so much skill that it was scary. And, you know, he got up to the number two pick in the draft, and now he's a, a all-star. Like, it's just crazy.
1: Yeah. yeah. We see you have some very good uh, high school stats in your senior year where you averaged 18 points and 10 rebounds per game. What was that feeling like when you were named the 2012-2013 Boys
2: Basketball All-Met Player of the Year by the Washington Post? That was a big accomplishment for me uh, because I felt like I was kind of snubbed the year before, so I I wanted to make a point my senior year to leave no doubt. So that was a very, very big accomplishment. I think I beat out Josh Hart for that. crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, we know you and your brother Nate are very close, so how much did you guys play together growing up, and how did the one we
2: typically <laughs> go? Man, we played against each other every day growing up, man, since we were like 10 or 11. You know, every time we went to the gym, we shot against each other, played one-on-one. We did something competitive towards the end of our workout, so it was every day, man. It was just you know, it was crazy, because on the court, it was super competitive, and then off the court you know, it was chill. You know, we never really got into no fights or anything, but you know, on the court anything goes when it uh, when it comes to winning. So, you know, <laughs> y'all know how that goes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: cool. Wait, you just play basketball as a kid, or you play football, soccer, any other sports you're interested in growing up?
2: So my favorite, my favorite uh, love growing up before basketball was football. I actually played organized football before I did basketball. And I just so happened, I thought that I was better at basketball, so I stuck with basketball more than football. And uh, I actually played lacrosse for two years, too, in middle school.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I didn't... that.
2: A lot of people don't know that. I keep that on the hush, but I did that. That was kind of fun because I got to hit people. So that, <laughs> Were that, you good? That was, that was cool. I mean, I think I was just one of those guys that was just in the way. I didn't try. To, I didn't try to do something that I wasn't good at, you know. Like I just knew that I played defense too, so I had the long pole. So I was just in the way.
1: <laughs> As a kid, did you support Villanova? Like, what ultimately led you to commit to such a fantastic school, both with academics and athletics?
2: Man, it's crazy because I never, I never thought that I would ever go to Villanova. Just because it was so guard centric, you know, and I never thought of myself as like a point guard or a shooting guard until I got a little bit mm-hmm. older. So, but what really led me to Villanova was just the people. I loved my teammates, uh, the, the community, the coaches were cool. You know, I just loved the area. It was far enough from home to where my parents couldn't just pop up. They had to drive a couple hours. So, you know, and I, and I realized, like, you know, if I did what I was supposed to do as far as basketball goes, then doesn't really matter where I go as long as I can just manage. And I felt like know right. was somewhere that I could manage. You said mm-hmm. that Josh, obviously, you're playing against him competitively in high school. Did he influence your decision at all? Or how did that kind of go? You want to know what's crazy? I committed before Josh, and I was recruiting him. To come uh, to, everybody need to give me credit for that recruit right there, man. <laughs> I recruited Josh to come to Nova. I need some credit. <laughs> Going off what you said before about like the culture at Villanova,
0: how did that, you know, big basketball culture at the at the school affect you guys as a team? And how important was that very energetic student section during the top home games?
2: Now, the culture is it, the reason that you go to Nova, you know, to be a part of that culture, to be a part of, you know, a great program where they'll, they'll take care of you not only while you're playing, but, you know, when your playing career is over or when you're just in a transition of finding out what you want to do with the next phase of your life, whatever that may be. You know, Villanova is, was just a great mm-hmm. place. And basketball-wise, the student section, and you already know, the pavilion always turned, Wells Fargo always always turned, and it just made it better because, you know, we we were able to take the program to new heights, and now it's at a, la- a level where, you know, it's it's one of the top programs in the country.
1: Right. I mean, during your first year at Nova, you averaged four points per game, but you improved steadily throughout the year. How much does Coach Wright prioritize player development?
2: Yeah, I mean, everybody everybody has to get better. And that's one thing you, you understand when you get to Nova is that you know everything here you have to work for. And once you show Coach that you're willing to put in the work, that you're all about a team, he'll, he'll start to give you more rope and more leeway. But You know as a freshman you got to earn your stripes and you know as you spend each year as you go up in the program you know you get more trust with coach right that makes a lot of sense
0: yeah definitely um so what was the 2015 big east tournament like obviously taking place in new york city and of course what was the feeling when you guys won the tournament
2: man it was crazy because i want to say that that's like one of the first ones that we won in a long time so you know, to win that in 2015, the Biggies tournament, that was it was just an amazing feeling, just a big accomplishment. You know, you go in the record books forever, but you don't think of the, think of that in the moment. You know, you're just thinking about your next game and and continuing to win. But looking back on it a little bit, it was just it was crazy. You know, to play in the Garden all the time, Uh it was just a a, a humbling feeling, but it, it was great at the same time. You know, we took it, we took. We took it seriously.
1: No, for sure. In the 2016 Big East tournament, you were named to the all-tournament team and had a tremendous uh, performance against a really good DePaul team. Did your experience from the year before affect your amazing performance in that tournament?
2: Um, I just I just kept getting better, you know. Just wanted to continue to grow and get better as a player. You know, we had done well the year before, so we wanted to do better than that. And, uh you know, I had some decent games that year, but we actually lost in the Big East Championship game that year. And that that still hurts. You know, we, we had that mm-hmm. game. <laughs> um,
0: all right. Well, so now to segue into probably one of the biggest games. So, obviously, one of the biggest, if not, I don't know what you consider, yeah. but the biggest moment in your career was hitting that game winner in the 2016 National Championship game against UNC. Most people can't even imagine a moment like this. So can you just take us through that whole sequence uh, sequence of events from the Marcus Page double clutch to the huddle and obviously the shot? You know, we just want to hear it all because it's very iconic. So tell us your story about that moment.
2: Man, well, what made the moment so crazy was the shot that Marcus Page hit. You know, it was just a ridiculous shot that I'm pretty sure if you asked him to make that shot again, he probably couldn't do it. Not the same exact (laughs) way, you know, like it was just crazy. But we all knew that we had time. We all knew that what we were going to do. And we all knew that, like, you know, we can still win the game. Let's win the game. Like, we work on situations like this all the time. So let's just execute. And if we got to go into overtime to win, then so be it. But we feel like we don't need to. And so we were all in the huddle. Everybody was just locked in. Nobody was down or upset. You know, we were all just like, all right, let's go you know that that was the greatest that was the greatest thing about our program now and and our team you know everybody was just like all right come on let's get it like whatever the situation was no matter the time no matter the score no matter who we were playing you know everybody was just like all right come on this is what we we hey we work hard for this we always do this so let's go and we had we probably had since my freshman year probably had 13 guys every year that thought they were the best player on the team, and that's probably why we were so good. But coming out of the timeout, we so we came out of the timeout, and, that, and I like walked to Arch, because I, I take the ball out, and he's the point guard, so we always have a little communication. So I just told him, I was like, bro, I think I might be open, because like, I don't think they're going to put nobody on the ball. like Nobody put nobody on the ball ever in this situation. So I'm like, yo, I think I might be open. So he was just like, all right. So he remembered that. And then everybody remembered Daniel wiping up the floor and doing all that crazy stuff. (laughs) Because in the Big East tournament, Arch slipped on the same spot. We were running the same plate, kind of, and Arch slipped. And we didn't really get a good shot to win the Big East tournament championship game because Arch kind of slipped and he kind of had to throw up a a crazy shot. But Mm – so, Daniel, you know, he wipes up the floor to make sure that everything cool this town. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we were able to just lock in. I, I, I swung the ball to Arch. I was able to get close enough to him to where he could hear me call his name. And I think he kind of remembered after he heard me call his name. Because he I think was kinda, he was kind of guarded. He could have got off a shot. And we would have all been cool with the shot that he got off. Because, oh, wow. you know what I'm saying, it's Arch. Like we we could live with whatever he gonna do, but he was able to hear me and he crossed back over, and then you know we was able to win the game. It was crazy though. Cause was I there never ever got the shot before that? Like that was mm-hmm. the first time I ever got that shot.
0: Wow. Was there ever a point like when you shot that like you thought you were gonna miss, like in the air, or did you always think once you let it fly, it was going in? You guys were winning the game.
2: Yeah. No. I if you if everybody can look at the shot again. When I shoot it, I lean forward because I'm like, man, that's going in.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like – I just have a question about the game plan heading into that game because that USC team had, like, the most electrifying guard combination maybe college basketball has ever seen with Marcus Page and Joel Berry. Like, what were the practices like leading up to that huge game?
2: I mean – our practices are always intense because we got a bunch of competitive guys. You know, like, everybody on our team was super, super competitive on the court. Like, whenever we were competing in anything, video games, things of that nature, like, everybody wants to win. Because, you know, we want to be able to to say, like, yo, we beat you. Like, we don't want anybody to have anything over us. So, you know, practices were always a, a, a battle. Like, I can remember my my sophomore year – our starting five was Archie Archdiakano, Daniel Chafou, Jamon Pinkston, um, Darren Hillier, and Dylan Ennis. But our our white team in practice was Josh Hart, Phil Booth, Mikael Bridges, me, and Daryl Reynolds. Like that's just how <laughs> that's good crazy. We were. That's you so know? Good. like that's just how good we were. And you they, guys ever
1: beat them in practice?
2: Yeah, yeah, we used to get right mm-hmm. with them. So like. Earlier in the year, they used to dominate us because they were older and they knew the system and they knew everything and they had been playing together for longer. But towards the middle and the end of the year, we used to smack them crazy. Like, that's just how good the team was. And then my junior year, Daniel Archer's senior year, our starting five was Daniel, Arch, Josh, myself, Jalen Brunson. But then our white team was... Mikael Bridges, Phil Booth, Eric Pascoe, Dante DiVincenzo, Darren Reynolds. That's our, that was our white team. Like, we just had a really, really good team, and it was just super competitive. So we were prepared for every situation because we felt like the guy that I'm going up against in practice is better than the guy that I'm going to be playing against in the game.
1: Right. Like, yeah. yeah.
2: If, I, if Arch is going up against Jalen every day, they feel like, okay, when I go up against Joe Barry or Marcus Page, like, I went up against Jalen or I went up against Arch. They're not better than these guys. Like, yeah. our guys are better than them. So, mm-hmm. we're prepared for
1: that. Yeah. I feel like the white team, I mean, that team could have beaten, I'd say, 95% of the teams in the tournament. I'd say both teams would have made a
2: really far run. Yes, but, yeah. Man, yeah, we Coach, Coach, Coach Wright used to say that to us, like, I really, really appreciate what you guys are doing coming off the bench. I know it's hard because you guys will start a lot of other places. Like, he would tell us that. He he never took that for granted because he knew how good we were.
1: Yeah, no, because I feel like a lot of people on the white team, they, like, could have transferred somewhere else and been a starter at, like, any other school in the country. And I think it's crazy about Villanova because, like, you rarely see a guy transfer. I mean – Javon Quinterly was like the first guy I can remember in a really long time that transferred out. And that's like, and he was amazing player. Don't get me wrong. Like that's what I think what
2: makes Villanova really special. Yeah, yeah. I mean, JQ is a great kid, a great player. You know what I'm saying? It was it just wasn't a good fit. And you know, we both everybody parted ways respectfully and mutually, and it was a great part, a great party. And there's no hard feelings. And that was the greatest thing about that. But like you said, a lot of guys usually don't transfer out, and a lot of us could have at certain times. Uh-huh. A lot of us yeah. definitely could have. Yeah, for sure. We know
1: family is obviously the most important thing for you. What was it like coming back in the same game and cheering on for your brother, but this time you were wearing wearing the Carolina blue
2: from the other side? <laughs> I mean, that was really cool, you know, because while being competitive – Obviously, I wish that I was, you know, there playing and we would have won. But I was just so happy for him because we had won the year before. So it didn't hurt as bad to not actually be in the game. But to see him win and get a championship, it was like, all right, well, if I can't win, then uh, obviously I want them to win. So that was pretty cool. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Was was there ever a point you guys thought you were going to play college
2: together? Oh. Um... You know, I don't know, because when he committed to North Carolina, well, not really, because the schools that he had in his top weren't really the schools that that I had. So we kind of knew, like, all right, we won't probably go to the same school, but it'd be crazy if we played against each other, and then it actually happened. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So we've gotten, we've actually, yeah, we've gotten to know your friend and former teammate at Villanova, Daniel Ochefu. Uh, Do you have like a funny chef memory off the top of your head? Because he's a funny guy. Like, do you have any stories in like the locker room or anything? Uh,
2: man, I got a lot of funny stories. Man, it's crazy. Um, One crazy story is so we were in New York getting ready to play in the uh, the Jimmy V Classic. We were getting ready to play Illinois in the uh, Jimmy V Coaches for Cancer Classic, and we were we had just got back to the hotel from shoot around. And we were, uh, we had got stuck on the elevator. So it's like myself, <laughs> it's myself, it's Daniel. I want to say it's Javon, um, a couple managers, and maybe Daryl. Maybe I don't know if Daryl was on there. Daryl Reynolds was on there, but I want to say it was one or two more players that was on there. But I know for a fact it was myself, Daniel, Javon and like three managers and two more players so we're stuck on this elevator right <laughs> so <laughs> i'm i hate being in small places like that so i'm hot i'm sweating i'm like yo if y'all don't get me off this elevator like i'm gonna go crazy on everybody <laughs> like coach right enough can't hear they're talking to us through the intercom like it's so it's gonna be okay like just stay calm like dog. <laughs> get me out of here right now like, I don't care what y'all talking about like y'all saying everything gonna be okay but I'm still in here like bro so all of this is going on we stuck everybody on there complaining i'm I'm getting undressed because I'm like bro I'm hot I'm sweating this is crazy I look over this man daniel is asleep on the elevator on <laughs>
1: no way everybody oh is
2: like upset like man come on nah, nah. and we look over and this dude is sprawled out over the elevator sleep uh, <laughs> through this whole thing
1: it's crazy
2: <laughs> that's funny so i get mad because i see him sleep i'm like man he <laughs> ain't here asleep like bro like and him being asleep had nothing to do with us being stuck on the elevator i was just mad at the whole situation yeah, yeah, so that, that's a yeah. crazy, that's a crazy chef story right there. That's funny. <laughs> and, but we did go out, and then we did, uh, we beat Illinois in the the oh. TV <laughs> classic. So it Perfect. made it cool. Yeah, <laughs> the trip was yeah. successful. It was cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then, what was it like watching the twenty eighteen Final Four as an alum and an analyst?
2: Man, that was that was crazy. It wasn't as wild as the first time because that was, like, the first time in a long time. But the second one, we kind of knew, like, are right, going to smack everybody. Like, from an alumni standpoint, as a player in the moment, you're like, each game, next game, we taking every game serious. But as an alumni, we knew, like, none of these teams have a chance. So we about to smack all of these teams. So it was kind of just like, all right, where are we meeting up at? Like, oh, well, everybody going to San Antonio. All right, cool.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure it was, like, really special to watch, like, a bunch of your former teammates and cheer them on. And, like, did you get to, like, talk to them after the games and stuff and, you know, go to the locker room? Or was it just, like, you shot them a DM after? How did that work?
2: Nah, facts. Right in the locker room, on the court after, right in the locker room after, uh, at the hotel. Like, it was just so great because the first time we won, they were, like, freshmen and sophomores, you know? And then the second time they won, you know, them guys, they're sophomores, juniors, and seniors. So it was cool to see them do something that very, very few people ever, ever, ever do. You know, them guys Uh have two championships in their college career. You know, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is kind of crazy, but I'm kind of – well, now I'm shifting towards Villanova, but I used to be a Michigan fan because my mom went there. So I was actually at that 2018 Final Four in San Antonio, and I just remember Josh Hart. He had like a game. He was on the Lakers. And I just remember what like coach Walton was just so mad. Cause he was supposed to like, he had the game the next day. And he like flew out to San Antonio to watch the game. He was sitting courtside. And I just remember like that alumni section was just going crazy. And like the Michigan fans are usually loud, but like I'd never seen Nova nation before. And they like, they made the Michigan section look like pathetic. That was just, like, what I remember the most.
2: I mean, I'm going to just keep it a stag with you. Like, there's no way a football school is going to beat us. Like, Michigan's a football school. (laughs) You know, like, no disrespect to the the good basketball players that go there. But when you think of Michigan, you think of Michigan football in the 50s. You know, like, (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, it's, it's just a football school. So. Yeah. You know, they don't take basketball as serious as we do. Not mm-hmm. to say that they don't have some great players because obviously great players go everywhere. I mean, Charles yeah, Rockley right. went to Auburn. Uh-huh. You know, like Auburn's a football school, but yeah,
1: went there, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Michigan team was crazy, though. Like, I know you, they don't, like, create the same way as Villanova usually, but that was, like, the most special Michigan team I could remember. Like, and I was impressed that Villanova – like I was expecting a closer game. Honestly, I I'd say you probably expected Villanova to just walk
2: all over them. Yeah, but I'm yeah, yeah. I could have I could have saved you a lot of upset, bro. Huh? If you would have just called us, I would have been like, "Look, this game not gonna be close." Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mo was incredible. I mean, no, 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 he
2: he's a he's a really good player, man.
1: Mm-hmm. They, yeah. Yo,
2: Michigan had a good team. It was just. I'm saying it was just overpowered.
0: It was yeah, just, it's like the it's like the like the vision of Villanova as like that big basketball school. It's like must be like intimidating. Like.
2: Yeah, I mean, my man Charles Barkley and them got a saying on TNT, right? And they got a saying it's, it's like when the house on fire, get the women and the children out first. And Michigan House got on fire quick, and they ain't know what to do. right? <laughs> like, that's what nova like Like that's what that nova team did they scored a lot real fast and if you can't uh-huh. manage like michigan managed a little bit in the beginning mo was playing well so like the game people thought the game was going to be close and then them guys scored a lot in a little bit of time and then it was just like all right what do we do yeah well
1: i just have a question so you obviously graduated from villanova you probably made some really great relationships like how do you are you like still in touch with like most of the team and how does that kind of work? Is it like kind of like a family after you
2: graduate? Yeah, no, I'm in contact with with almost all of my guys. You know, like we all talk. Like we don't we don't talk every day, you know, but we all talk a lot. We all still communicate a lot. We all still work out in the summers when everybody come back. So it's just all fun, bro. It's all love whenever we all see each other. Like when how on the it- court, we compete, but. You know when yeah. everybody comes back it's all love like everybody show everybody respect and love and that's what and it's all it, about How was it like watching some of them in the bubble this year like that must have been really cool Nah man it was it was a pleasure man because I know how good those guys are and I know how hard they compete So to watch them in the bubble you know it was it was a it was an honor and a pleasure for me
0: Uh huh um, the last question we have for you is like, what do you have planned for the future? Do those plans revolve around basketball or other things like business? Tell us a little bit about those.
2: Yeah, man. And I mean, I'm doing some stuff with Daniel business wise. But, you know, when everything get kind of situated with Corona and things of that nature, I'll definitely be back playing basketball. So around this time next year, I'll be somewhere playing. So I'm looking forward to that. And, That's all. you know, just. Ball is life, man. We gonna play basketball because that's what we love to do, and yeah, there's nothing else that we would rather do at this age and right now. So, we need to see you I and said. Chef team up. That would be great. Huh? We got to see you and Chef team up again. Yeah. I think that would be great.
1: Be yeah, awesome. man,
2: that'd be real cool. Like teaming up with any of my former teammates anywhere. You know, that'd mm-hmm. be dope. Yeah. You know, like it's awesome. Just because of the the bond and the friendship and. Just everything, man. I was I was fortunate to be on a team with a lot of real, real good dudes, and I and I never took that for granted. And mm-hmm. That's why I stay in contact yeah. with with everyone that I can, from yeah. walk ons to to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We, this was an amazing interview, and we really appreciate it. Thank you so much.
2: Nah, man. Thank you for having me, man. Make sure y'all stay safe. Take that virtual learning stuff serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you so much appreciate it's it all right man it's all love man